Hello and welcome back to the Euro Trips Across the Pod NFL podcast. We are here for another one of our season previews and this time it's a turn of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team 29 of the 32 teams so far and with me I've got a first time guest, someone who whose podcast you may well know from other guests we've had on the podcast including Rob and Fred. We've got one of the other members of the Third and Gold podcast. We've got with me Dan, how are you? Hi Andy, how are we doing? You alright? can't believe you've had those two on. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had Rob and Fred on for our Falcons and Patriots season preview, so nice. the final one. But that Falcons one was depressing, wasn't it, eh? Yeah, I think actually Rob might have, we had like, I think the record is, <laughs> the record low for season win predictions at the end. I think it's him with five, I know we had Japan. Uh, and that's still too high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, optimistic. Well, what do we have? i got to hear my notes. Um, <laughs> over here, so... He gave them, yeah, 5-12 and 12 record, which is the, the record awesome. lowest, along with our Seahawks season. Well, I'm speaking to him in about three hours on our show, so I'll, I'll make sure I've got him then. <laughs> yeah, that, that should be good. <laughs> um, so, we'll talk about the Buccaneers. And yes, sir. With every guest we have on, we like to ask everyone the same question, what made them support the team they do? So, Dan, what made you a Buccaneers fan? Um... So I got into NFL probably around, I don't know, 2008, 2007, something like that. Um, mainly rolling in from pubs, sticking it late on telly when there was nothing else on and kind of got into it. And I tried through time to try and find an affinity with a team. And um, I was like, okay, Green Bay, I like the fact they're owned by the fans and they were doing okay. And I was like, yeah, just didn't feel right. <clears throat> the next one I had was Detroit Lions. Calvin Johnson, Megatron was playing. Was huge respect for him. Um, watched a lot of uh, Beverly Hills Cops when I was younger and Axel Foley was from Detroit and I'm like, yeah, okay, that might work. It just didn't see it. Every time you're watching it, I just couldn't feel it. And then in 2012, we had a trip to Florida again and I decided, because I've been watching it for a few years now, to, to make the trip down to, to Ray J to take in a game just, just because it was there. Um, and the second I saw that place, walked in that place, that was it. There was, there was no going back. Went to see Tampa play. Uh, played the San Diego Chargers as they were at the time in 2012 and um, yeah fell in love with it from there never looked back so 10 years now Oof. wow <clears throat> and do you remember the do you remember the score in that game I do we won 34-24 and the reason I remember it was we had a blocked punt which we scored a blocked punt return for a field goal something like 84 yards oh wow um yeah, and then we had no that we scored that for about thirty six yards. Then we had an interception return for a touchdown as well. That was about eighty four yards. Wow! So um, it was like Philip Rivers, Antonio Gates was playing. Uh, it was the year Levante David was was a rookie uh, for Tampa. Uh, we had the Muscle Hamster was in as a rookie at running back. Um, Muscle Hamster. I feel like I I recognise that nickname. I have you not known that nickname? Muscle Hamster. Oh. No, I've not heard of that. For, Have you not? Let me... For my time, that is the um, 2012 sort of era. Um... Uh, Muscle Hamster was the nickname of, and his name was Sammy Doug Martin. <coughs> oh, right. I, okay. I, again, the name I <coughs> I know, but again, it's mm. again a bit before my time. Looking at him here, I found Wikipedia. Yeah. And so he yeah, yeah. played until 20, oh, until 2018. Okay. I, again, maybe yeah. I wasn't quite. <laughs> as my hard as I am now than I was back then, but um, oh, fair play. 
I just wish I'd uh, yeah, I just wish I'd have actually appreciated like the players I was watching at the time, like I do now. Does that make sense? And there's so many Tampa greats within that team, and because it was, I wasn't there as a Tampa fan. It, it didn't stick with me. So people like Vincent Jackson was playing, who's late great Vincent Jackson now. Legarrett Blunt played for us. Uh, Rondy Barber was still playing. People like that that sort of look back and go, I wish I'd have seen him play. And you go, well, I did see him play. I just don't really remember seeing them play, if that makes sense, because I was there just watching the game rather than supporting Tampa at the time. Yeah, I had the exact same thing when I was sort of, I sort of became a fan in 2009, but I only really checked the scores for a few years. I only really became... Hmm. 2015, when I actually started watching games, albeit in bits or bit parts of <clears throat> years, and Cameron Wake was someone that I I watched probably either it was either in his prime or just towards the end of his career, where 2015, 2016, whenever that was. I remember <laughs> not realizing then how good he was, and obviously then yeah. looking back at it now, I didn't really. But like you and these players you mentioned before, I think that's someone that I really didn't really take into account how good he actually was until really. I properly knew the sport inside out. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's actually a good story that uh, very similar to my story in terms of following a Florida team based on holiday. And that sounds yeah. very yeah. similar to my, my experience in choosing a team. <laughs> it's also East Coast. East Coast is easier to watch. Normally, you get the only games over here. So, um, it makes a lot more fan friendly for the UK fans. Yeah, definitely. In terms of yourself watching the NFL on Sundays, how does that normally look for you? Are you a. Game Pass man, are you a Sky Sports <laughs> diehard? How do you normally watch oh, the sport on a Sunday? I guess it's changed over the recent years. So from about four or five o'clock on a Sunday, I have to sit and set about 40 fantasy lineups across three <laughs> different platforms that I've done. Uh, obviously hosting the Five Yard Rush show now um, means I'm involved in a lot of fantasy stuff everywhere. So um, I have to go and do all of them. Um, yeah, six o'clock would normally be Game Pass, I guess, on. Kids go to bed, so you, when it's a live game, you can pause it and zip the ads and catch it back up in a minute. When it's game pass, you physically can't. Anyway. There is no ads, obviously. That's the whole kick-up. But, um, yeah, we run and put the kids to bed, get back down. But it's changed because, you know, it used to be 6 o'clock. I'd put game pass on and watch Tampa Live and, and deal with that. But because of the recent successes, they've gone to the later games. They've gone to primetime games. So it's been a lot easier to, to sit and watch game pass, knowing that Tampa's on in, in another four hours and I haven't got to worry about it. So... Um, yeah, if Tam's on, I'll put Game Pass to get on the telly. Uh, if they're not, we'll sit through Game Pass, uh, sit through. Um, yeah, fair, fair play. And you mentioned then Five Yard Rush, your website I've written for a couple of times. <laughs> and I've actually, a good story actually is when I did a mock draft with you and Murph at one time. And yeah. I, my older pick was on without realizing. And I picked, was it two, <laughs> two kickers or something? Was it two? Something like that. Yeah. yeah um, there was some I've done so many of them now, it's unreal. So. Yeah, we go through and we see some things, but um, hey, it's all good fun at the end of the day. Yeah, I think I'm in about nine, ten leagues now, which is the most I've ever done any season. But actually, I think it's actually better because if you've got <coughs> ten teams, about you got like Lamar Jackson, I got Lamar Jackson in one, Dak Prescott in one, I've got Josh Allen in two, I've got Mahomes in one, Russell Wilson in one. I'm thinking, I think that all, that is almost better than having one because you can sort of just forget about your team if you can't really worry about your team if. You know, you've got one league where your player's playing in that league, but in the other league, they're playing against you. I think that does almost ease the stress for me because yeah. now I'm thinking, I can't really worry no about who it. scores. You're going to have them somewhere. So Yeah, exactly. That's what the, I'm thinking. The jump going from two to three teams to 10 is quite hard, and people go, how do you adjust? Mm. Going from 10 to 40 actually is very little. It just takes a little bit longer to do. The process is still the same. So, and like you, I, I barely look at them during the game because 
I have a couple of little leagues that I like, home leagues and the cash leagues and stuff that I'll keep a closer eye on. But most of them will just set the line up, let them run through and see how they did at the end of the day. So, Yeah, and it should be an interesting season. Is there a sort of particular player that you're sort of going to definitely use or is there a player you feel like if they come to you in the first or second round, you have to take them? Is there anyone you sort of stuck with a lot this year? Um, I've gone and my dynasty team have gone out and bought a lot of Nico Collins. Uh, on the Houston Texans, expected a big second year for him and an offense that is set to throw the ball quite heavily during games. And I just like the guy. Um, but other than that, you'll hear me and Murph talk, it's all about value and finding it. So you'll take any player anywhere, providing the value is right for them. Um, there's very few that you, even the ones you don't like, if you're picking them up 10, 12, 15, 20 spots later than they're probably deemed worthy, then you take them anyway because it's, it's all about value. It's about winning each spot. So. Um, and again, that many leagues, I can afford to sort of diversify a portfolio a little bit. So I'll have something somewhere just in case. I, the guy I don't like and I'm wrong on it, I'm going to have him somewhere just in case I'm wrong. So Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I did a league on a draft on Sunday and the last two rounds, I managed to pick up both Thomas and Hopkins. I thought, you know what, this nice. is a risk, but I figured that, you know what, Hopkins will miss the first six games, but he'll still be there for week 16 to 14, 15, whenever the playoffs yeah. start. And then Michael Thomas, that's a doubt, but I think if he can come back and he's like he was, and I think there's a risk that you're worth taking. And even without him, I've still got, you know, I've still got Kendrick Bourne, I've still got obviously Michael Pittman and Stefan Diggs. I've still got these wide receivers that I can use instead of him. And then you can bring him in if you need to at the end of the year. So I think that's something I've always gone to. And Mondre Stevenson is not <coughs> actually. Yeah. I picked him up about four different leagues later on because <coughs> nice. of the Harris and him situation. I think the people tend to stay away from the Patriots running backs, but I yeah. think if he's their sixth or seventh choice player, I'm taking him. Same with the Charlotte okay. as well. Yeah. It's about finding upside. Yeah, definitely. Um, talking of upside, uh, the Bucks yeah. off season had a bit of a downside for 40 days as Tom Brady unretired <laughs> and then unretired. Um, other ins include um, Shaq Mason, Cole Nassib, Julio Jones, Russell Gage, Logan Ryan. Um, also, the main out, and I apologise if I forgot anyone, but Richard Sherman, Gronk to retirement, as well as people like Dominican Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul and Ronald Jones. No real major draft picks, so I've only picked in the second round onwards, but in the 33rd overall pick, you took Logan Hall, and also you took um, Rashad White, 91st overall, the running back, as well as a offensive tackle in second round but I don't even pronounce that name um, so overall for you Dan as a Bucks fan how have you found the off season as a whole um, initially it started out frustrating and depressing I guess Brady retired <clears throat> and it was a sad day but I guess all Bucks fans kind of knew it was coming and all Bucks fans kind of were like well he came and won us a ring we can't begrudge the guy doing what he needs to do um yeah, we can't be sad about it. If he came here, we want a ring. We'll take it. Thank you very much. It just seemed a real shame because, as you just mentioned, the core of that group we've got is still together. The defense is young and still growing. And the offense, we'd signed Chris Godwin and Mike Evans was still there. And we had the trouble with AB, but that's a whole different matter. But you were kind of like the Leonard Fournette re-signed. His core of people were still there. It was like, well, oh, well, end of an era, but we got a ring. It wasn't like they did two years and we didn't win nothing. So it seemed acceptable. Then obviously announced he was coming back. And um, to joyous, rapturous celebrations everywhere. Um, <clears throat> everybody suddenly come back and re signed. Ryan Nintz and re signed. Leonard Fournette re signed. 
Russell Gage was brought in. Um, yeah, it's um, whether it be one year, two year, three years. I don't think Bucks fans really ultimately care right now. The fact he's there, we've got another shot, realistic shot. Um, we'll take it. We'll take it and enjoy whatever it is. And if it is, it is. If it isn't, it isn't. As I say, we've got our ring. I don't think nobody will begrudge him walking away into the sunset after that. Yeah, and also there's been the two reports coming out recently. There was obviously had a unknown absent. I think it was eleven days that he had. Um, I think he's back now in training camp. Um, does that is that a concern for you at all? I mean, personally, I think that he'll be absolutely fine and he'll play the season out and maybe more. I don't know, but is that is there any concern that maybe his mind isn't completely right, or do you think it's just a smokescreen from the media? I think, well, there's countless rumours as to what the reason was from absurd ones like joining the Masked Singer, <laughs> um, which I guess remains to be seen whether or not that was true or not, but I doubt it. Um, the, the consensus seems to be that he, he retired, he booked a family holiday. He then said he was wanting to go back and they were like, well, we've still got our family holiday, right? And he was like, well, no, it's training camp. And she was, apparently he was like, no, we're still hand on our family holiday. And, and that's all it appears to be. Um, there's nothing on to what I mean. The Bucks could easily have just gone. He's got a sprained ankle. He'll be back in two weeks. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. They was open and honest, and it is what it is, and we move forward with it. So he's back to training. If there's anybody that can handle that kind of period away from a training camp, I mean, the guy's been through, what, 25, 26 training camps now. It's not going to matter greatly to him. Um, he's not going to learn a lot. I'd like him to have been there because we've had some injuries and changes in, in the offensive line that will need a bit of time to gel. And he only played, I think it was one drive at the weekend, and that's all he snaps his head at preseason. Um, but again, if anybody's a, a consummate professional that can get on and deal with it, it, it will be Tom. So and it doesn't faze me too much. Nah, at the end of the day, we saw that with the Patriots all these years, that even if they start the season bad, you know, they'll come back and they'll make the playoffs and they'll do well. So I think... <laughs> Even if Tom Brady is, even looking at the year he won, he won the Super Bowl, first week he got thrashed by the Saints. And I think that thing, some people are thinking, this is my issue with the whole Max Stafford situation, is that people are thinking of paying too much attention to training camp and stuff like that, where actually, even if the Rams are without him for the first three weeks, four weeks or less than that, he'll still come back, get wins, and he'll probably make the playoffs and probably get to at least a championship game. So I think... I think it's just maybe even just a search for just a story to fill the long off-season, potentially. I don't know, but um, I, I think, yeah, you'll be absolutely fine. Um, of course, one of the, the biggest outs was not to do his players, was to do his head coach, Bruce Arians, who um, yes. left the decision <laughs> and went upstairs and been replaced by former Jets head coach, Todd Bowles, who, of course, was there last season in, in the coaching staff. Does his time at the Jets give you any concern, or is that just because it's the Jets? Um, no, it doesn't, to be honest with you. People learn, people change. People have been bad coordinators, bad coaches, and gone on to be head coaches and done really, really well. Urban Meyer came into the NFL with one of the high, most highly decorated college records in, in all life. Look how that panned out. So it means actually diddly squat. What I think actually is key is the fact that he's operating under Arians. Arians still took a back office role, so he's still in the, in the building. Um, we've still got coordinators the same and so on Bruce Aaron's still about Tom Brady's still there that whole mentality around it is still there and I think he would adapt a very similar approach to Bruce Arians now he's been part of that unit when it's worked and when we've been successful um, he'll bring his own tweaks to it but he's also got a very aggressive way of playing football same as Bruce Arians did um, and Tom seemed to enjoy that 
throughout the last couple of years as well So and deliver on it. So I don't think we'll see a lot of difference in the way Tampa play football. And before we do add to our final segment, in terms of one of the ends I mentioned before, Julio Jones, yep. years, he's not been the same player. Of course, we all know what he did in Atlanta. He was, he's probably already a first battle Hall of Famer. But do you think Tom Brady can get him back to his best? Or do you fear that maybe his time as the play was, is in fact over? Um, we've seen snippets of training camps and pre-seasons and stuff. I don't think Tampa need him to be back to his best. I think Tampa need him to be serviceable mm-hmm. with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin when they're healthy, Russell Gage is struggling a little bit, but they would have free ball in. They've paid Godwin and Gage a lot of money this offseason. They were brought there to do a job. Uh, we've lost Gronk. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jones being the big body he is, picking up a lot of that, the sort of slot seam routes and things that Gronk would have done, picked up 12-15. But the thing is, Julio Jones can play 15-20% of the snaps. He hasn't got to play the whole game. He hasn't got to play a wide receiver one. He hasn't got to carry a team on his shoulders. So, hey, if you're sat at the red zone, you're six yards out, something like that, and you can line up Gage, Jones, Bright, Godwin, Evans, you can't cover them all. That's purely the key. And even if we never throw to him all season, the fact that he's either going to get one-on-one coverage or they're going to have to double team, it means there's somebody else open elsewhere, is huge for us. Absolutely huge for us. So we don't need him to be who he was. We just need him to be able to, to run around and maybe catch a ball from time to time. But we're not relying on putting our whole offense on Julio Jones, which is worrying if you are. The fact is, he's probably lined up as our fourth wide receiver right now when everyone's healthy. So what a good position to be in that is. Yeah, I mean, if you just probably to see there, I mean, that is a luxury. Not a lot of teams can afford. So I think if he is going to be successful, I think we could even see an Odell Beckham sort of seize in terms of, even though he was the second rather than fourth choice receiver, I think Odell Beckham, obviously his days as number one were gone. So I think he suited being second or third choice. I think that's what Julio Jones will do. I think he'll relish with his injury record, not playing every snap. And I think he'll relish... But I think in the big moments, Tom Brady will probably trust him more than, probably more than Gage. I think you'll trust him a lot for that reason that he's been in the league all these years. And I think that you give him even just seven, eight receptions a game, I think he'll do a lot more damage than he would if he had 30, 40, because I think he would just be used far more sparingly. And I think that will suit him with his age as well. Yeah, I can see Julio Jones getting two, three receptions a game. Literally, I can't see him getting a lot of work at all. Mm. But it will be crucial third downs. Crucial long plays, perhaps, where we're going to go five wide uh, and red zone work, something like that. Uh, and we're not going to use them every time because there's other guys out there, but it's just someone to, to line up to cover. I mean, if you're lining up and you've got Julio Jones out there or we're lining up and Tyler Johnson out there, totally different prospect for defence to look at. So, um, yeah, he will do a job for us. I just don't think the job is what every other team has asked him to do. I think he's got a lot more relaxed role. If he delivers, he delivers. If he don't, he don't. I don't think it's going to hurt us ultimately. Yeah, I, I can't, <laughs> can't really fault that. Um, but it is time for our final segment, which is the almighty across the pod fan record predictor. So we will give Dan every game this season for the Bucks, and he will answer with win, loss, and tie after every game. So a repeat of last year, but this time on the road as you face the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Yes, we're going to win that one. Yeah, there's a a toying cost, but I think with the Cowboys missing Michael Gallup, teams don't run often on Tampa. That's not going to change this year. So, yeah, I think we'll have enough just to come through that one. But I think it's going to be tight. I think it'll be a tight game. 
I think you actually might win that by 10 points or something. Because I think Dallas okay. aren't the team that they were last year. They've lost Cooper, who was a big target. Although they've lost <laughs> um, Tony Pardard in more of a slot role, so he might take over some of the reps, as well as people like Dalton Schultz and, of course, CeeDee Lamb. So I think they'll still be dangerous. I just don't think they'll be quite as good as last year. And I think Mike McCarthy will be, once again, found out this year. Um, week two, another road game, this time against the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, hopes and thoughts on this one. So I'm meeting a few Bucks fans up. We meet up every year for a game, and that's the one we're going to see in London and doing a little watch party for. So I hope we win, but knowing Bucks and knowing the Saints, we'll probably lose that one just because that's the way life goes. So my expectations on that. I don't think we will, but yeah, I'm going to predict a loss on that one. Yeah, with your recent record against them as well in the regular season, I think that could easily happen. Um, yeah. seems to really have a thing against um, the Saints. They're sort of his new Eli Manning, I think. <laughs> Saints do. Jamish Williams will be playing against us as well. So uh, yeah. it'll be an interesting game, the Superdome. Um, yeah, it's a lot to consider. I don't know. I just... The year we won the Super Bowl, they beat us twice comfortably in the regular season. We beat them in, in the playoffs, so it doesn't really matter to me what happens in the regular season. We still have enough to get through this division. So, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be realistic and get us turned over by the Saints in that one. I must say, your first four games are really hard. I mean, week three, the home game against the Green Bay Packers, and then week four, it's home again against the Chiefs. How do you see those two games going? I think we'll beat the Packers. I think the Packers' offence looks very thin at wide receiver, which is probably where teams can get us in terms of throwing the ball in our secondary. Um, they've not been able to run on us for a while now with the line we've got. Um, so I think we'll have enough to overcome the Packers at home. Um, very similar outcome for the Chiefs, right? That Both wide receiver rooms in both those teams, the Packers and the Chiefs, are looking very depleted right now with not a lot um, of options. So... Chiefs aren't going to run the ball, though. They're going to frighten them out who their wide receivers are, let's face it. So, I will win one, lose one in realistic terms. Not sure which way around it will go, but I'll take that right now. <laughs> okay. Week five, from one extreme to the other, you play Atlanta Falcons at home. <laughs> yeah, we'll win that one. I'm going to turn out and play for that one because that'll be enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will you watch that game with Rob at all? Uh, Sunday not. Rob's. Um, a good four-hour drive from me, so um, uh, we'll both be watching it together. We may well load up a Zoom, and, but it'll get the ump and turn it off after about 20 minutes. I can guarantee <laughs> it. So, um, But yeah, we'll cover that on our show in great depth, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I look forward to listening to that one as well. Um, week six is a interesting game. I'm not sure to make of this team this year. On the road to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, I think we'll win. Brady doesn't often lose to, to rookie callbacks. It may be Trubisky that starts. I wouldn't be surprised to see Trubisky starting mm-hmm. the season as well. Um, their key, I think, for the Steelers, I think they have Jets week four. So if they start one and two or 0 oh and three or something like that, I can just see them making that switch to pick it there. Um, in terms of game plan, I don't think it matters. Both very similar quarterbacks. I think we'll have enough to overcome Pittsburgh uh, as an all-rounded unit. And then week seven... On the road yep. again, but this time to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, we'll be there. Um, we've had a little bit over CMC in recent years. He still has decent games, but we'll have enough. He'll probably be injured by week seven anyway, so we'll be the Panthers. Okay, and then week eight is a home game against the Baltimore Ravens. Tough one, because in my predictions for the season that we've been covering, I've got the Ravens finishes as the one seed in the AFC. 
Um, so I think this is going to be a really tough game. I think a mobile quarterback can cause us problems as well. Um, so, yeah, realistic head on. We'll have the Ravens beating us in that one. <laughs> okay. And then week nine is against the current reigning champions. Um, of course, the last two champions playing each other as well. Uh, a Sunday night game against the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, I'm torn on this one. Sean McVay seems to have the measure of us at Tampa. He has done for the last couple of years. Um, I just think last year in the playoffs, they took a huge lead out on us at halftime and we managed to fight and fight and claw our way back in. And it was literally the last play of the game for some reason. We run a zero cover blitz and left Cooper Cup wide open 35 yards downfield, which you can't afford to do at that stage. After doing all the hard work to get yourself back in the position in the game, we gave it away. Um, I think we learned from that. So we're going to win that one. <clears> hey, <throat> okay. and then week nine, uh, sorry, week 10, I should say, is a game, the first ever game in Germany uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, are you going to that at all? Did you get manage to get tickets for that one? Like many, I haven't managed to get my hands on a ticket yet. I've got flights and hotel booked. I'll be in oh, Munich wow. one way or the other. Um, yeah, still in Devon to get a ticket. So if you hear of any, give us a shout. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be out there one way or the other. <laughs> okay, and obviously that's, um, I think I saw somewhere, tickets, some tickets were going on resale sites for like thousands of pounds, and that was just ridiculous. Yeah, they're down to about £600 a ticket now. So <clears throat> I'll wait another little while, keep them dropping, and we'll go from there. And do you think you can win that game? Is that just like um, any Yeah, of course we do. If we don't win that game, we're in trouble. <laughs> um, and then you play oh, by week, week 11, and then week 12, the Cleveland Browns, I think it's a week before Deshaun Watson's back as well, so I don't think he'll be playing in this yeah. game either, even though you're on the road. Like, yeah, we've got to have enough to beat the Browns. Uh, similar as that. I've got the Browns one of my worst teams this year. I have a player, so... Um, yeah, we've got to win the division. We've had a couple of losses early on, so time to focus. Coming off a of bye week as well, all the planning you can get in place and the rest. Yeah, we'll win that game. Okay, and then week 13 is a game once again against the Saints, but this time at home. Yeah, we'll take that one then. We'll split the, we'll split the games with them. We'll let them have one at theirs and we'll have one at ours. I think that's fair. Okay, and then week 14 is back on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. Tough call. Um, I was wary of getting the 49ers in the playoffs last year because I think the way Shanahan has his offense is set up would hurt us. The, the, we stopped the run really well, but he utilizes the run game in different formats and different ways. And as crazy as we can be with some of our blitzes on defense, he can be just as out there with his offense and the way they've set. So it would be a really intriguing matchup. Um, where are we? 14. They maybe beat themselves up a bit in the NFC West by this stage with some tough games. So uh, we'll nick it. We'll nick that one by a, by a field goal, I'm going to say. Um, week 15 against the current AFC champions at home to the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, I think we'll win that one because of the way they're set up, throwing game heavy. This is going to be a, I see that being a really high scoring game. Mm. Um, just a shame the Bengals have sorted their O-line out a little bit because if their O-line was still as bad as it was last year, I, I think we'd get to borrow enough to, to really cause them problems. Um, they seem to have tidied that up a little bit. But at home, yeah, I think we'll have enough to take that. We're getting to the business end of the season now. Everyone should be in peak form, fine form, know their jobs. I think we'll be all right. Okay, and then week 16 is back on the road, this time against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, weird one is, I think, 
any other week it probably be. I'm going to go with the defeat there. I think the Cardinals might have a bit more on the line uh, yeah. at that stage. I think they might be fighting for a, a wild card spot. I think we're probably top of the division by this stage um, and starting to ease off. We'll probably be playing for a, a home game or something like that in the playoffs. But I can see the Cards just having a little bit more focus and drive and determination in that one. I have them looking it. Okay. And then week 17 <laughs> is back at home, your last home game of the season against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, we'll win that one as well. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Week 18, the final week, is yeah. once again the third and goal derby. Uh, yeah. Away on the road to the Atlanta Falcons. That's it. So that's where the Falcons can have a goodbye with Julio Jones and clap him out the arena as he's on his way to the playoffs, but wearing a Bucks jersey. Oh, cool. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that'll be good. In probably his last season, his last game in Atlanta, He's going to be walking off the field in the Bucks jersey, heading for the playoffs for us. So, all these fan, Falcons fans have been like, I'd love to see Julio get a ring. I don't care if it's not with us, just the guy deserves a ring. And they've all suddenly gone, Well, I'd rather he didn't get a ring now, to be honest with you. <laughs> he's at Tampa. So, um, but he's primed to, to be in the best position for it. So, yeah, we'll beat the Falcons week eight. <clears throat> okay, so that means you will end the season, unless my math has completely failed me, with. A thirteen and four record, which you would think would definitely get into the playoffs, and then you'd think be at least a one or two seed. Um, should you get to the playoffs, how far do you see your team going? Um, I try to be a realist. I think being in the NFC, we've got every shot to make the Super Bowl, uh, especially if we can tie up a home game, whether it be a one seed or a two seed. You get a one seed in the buy and the home for out. I think would be a dream. Series seed and have a couple of home games, no trouble. We've shown the other year that when we won the Super Bowl, being on the road doesn't matter. We went on the road to Washington, we went on the road to Green Bay. It didn't phase us. We went to the cold and Tampa can't play in the cold and all this. We turned them over there. Um, <clears throat> these kind of days and mythologies are gone. Um, I think we'll make the Super Bowl. As for who we play from the AFC <clears throat> right now, pick one for about 10, realistically, that could, that could get there. It's hard to predict how that's going to go. Um, <clears throat> I love the Ravens this year. I genuinely think the Bills are the best roster in football, the best unit of in football. So I'd probably presume either or make it. As for who wins that game, it's it's on the day. As we've seen with the Chiefs when we did win the Super Bowl, you know, we stopped the Chiefs scoring a touchdown in a, in a in a Super Bowl. So it does depend who turns up and and how you perform. Okay, well, we should be set for a wonderful season and. A good one from the Buccaneers, and their surname goes horribly wrong. Um, but that has been the conclusion of our uh, Across the Pod NFL podcast season preview of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So thank you, Dan, for coming on. To the no, thank you, Alex, for having me. No problem at all. And obviously, everyone listening, do do listen to their podcast, The Third and Gold Podcast, where they do weekly podcasts with all based on the NFL. Um, thank you again, Dan, and we will see you guys for our next season preview. <laughs>